Hi guys, thanks for checking out this episode. I hope you enjoy it. This is Moise Maria on tape. The people crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Tune in for disruptive conversations, experiences, and more we wouldn't normally share on tape. Coming up on this week's episode of On Tape. Somebody's room and they were like, million unfinished works. Yeah. He considered the Mona Lisa an unfinished work. It yeah. was not good enough to be displayed. So yeah, sometimes you're good enough and someone's brilliant. Because I started it when I was 29. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm halfway through my life and I haven't gotten to do the thing that I always wanted. I, I didn't have a zest for life. And I was like, when did I lose it? What did I want to do in the beginning? I recently started work on my next book and I've decided to tackle something along the lines of mental health. I, I believe it's, it's something most Africans, especially in Uganda, we don't seem to pay that much attention to. And I, I want to raise some voices. When I catch those thoughts, I remind myself that they are just thoughts. They, they do not have power unless you give them power. Yeah. So once you know what it is you're feeling and you can put a name to it, you're already halfway through. Hello, beautiful people. Um, wherever you are and whatever time it is, I hope you're doing well. Um, you're welcome back to another episode of On Tape, the podcast. And um, I'm your host, Musinar. Um, it's been a minute, but um, we've been, the team and I have been doing our best to work towards bringing you the best that we can. And a while back, I recorded an episode with um, an amazing, amazing guest. Um, she's she's going to introduce herself in a bit, but it was such a wholesome conversation, and um, when something happened to the audio due to just like unavoidable circumstances which um i hope by the time you're listening to this um will have under control because we're hoping to you know work on giving you better content so hopefully we'll be able to get um better equipment at the studio and we're not going to have issues like this in the future but um the audio has like um a bit of echo in it so it might be a bit distracting but um I still wanted to put it out nonetheless because um it was a very like I said wholesome conversation and I feel like it's a conversation that needs to be out there there's so much that you can learn from the conversation I had so much to learn from this specific guest because even when the interview was done we like still talked quite a lot and it was really like a learning experience i didn't want to rob you guys of this experience so i decided i'm still putting it up either way um i've managed to 
edit out the most distracting bits of the conversation and just capture the heart and soul of um this experience and yeah so i hope you enjoy this as much as i enjoyed um sitting down with this person and uh, yeah let's let's get into it we're back beautiful people it's another week Today, Today it's a, a cold, cold morning, morning in Kampala, Kampala and I'm in the, the studio with an incredible, amazing person who I'm going to let introduce herself. Oh, you flatter, are you? Uh, <laughs> no, and don't undersell yourself. Because every time I ask people, people are just like so humble. Oh, like, you know, I just do this and that. So go all out. We're here for all of it. Okay, fine. Um... Maria Mwase here, cartoonist, illustrator, graphic designer, news communicator. You know, the list is endless. Yeah, <laughs> multi-potentialite. We love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I have a question. I have these three questions that I always ask everyone that comes on my podcast. Sure. So, who are you? Where are you coming from? And where are you going? It's so deep. I didn't see any of those coming. Oh Let's yeah, see. it's who, deep here. Who am I? Who am I? Um, I am that I am. <laughs> That's all I'll say on that because I do not know what I am unless I am viewed through the spectrum of other people's eyes. So I yeah. am what people see. I am what I am. Uh, Smart. In, thank you. <laughs> uh, the second question, please. Where are, Where are you coming, coming from? from? Where am I coming from? Physically, mentally? Generally, it could be anything. Whatever <laughs> comes to mind when you hear the question. Okay, I'm the product of my creator, so I come from he who shall not be named. Ah, that, that is, is not Voldemort, please. I love the way you're just getting around all this. <laughs> this is how the smart kids got, got by in school. Yeah. yeah. I was one of the literature students. So you wait, I will give you like better first. Uh, I love it. So where are you going? Where am I going? Hopefully in a better place than I am right now. Okay. That's the most I can say. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's, let's just break, break the ice. Um, what, what's, what's caught, caught your, attention your attention this week? Generally, how are you? What, what kind of state are you in? Yeah, I've, I've been in jobbing state at the moment. So most of the things that have my attention right now have to do with communications. Okay. But uh, via the state of the world, uh, unfortunately, I'm a bit behind, but I will say that via TikTok, the Montgomery brawl took my attention for about minutes till now. So yeah, the, the whole thing and how everyone was very amused rather than, you know, having that racism backlash that you usually expect with such a thing. But uh, people have taken it to a good place, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. Are you are you on TikTok? Do you you are? Are you like do you actively put out content on TikTok? I do once a week. I'm I'm not on it as much as the youths, but yeah. <laughs> but I I do my fair share at least once a week. But yeah. I'm mostly there as a spectator. I have to say the algorithm has me in a chokehold. Yeah, but I love your videos. I think I saw some some of them, and it's just like. Even when, when you're, you're having, having like, like the, the downest, downest of all days, you just, just can't, can't help but just laugh a bit. You're like, okay, I guess it's, well, that's it's just like... <laughs> that brings me joy because that's the intention. Yeah, <laughs> that's the intention. yeah, yeah definitely. But we're definitely going to go deep into that because I want us to really talk about creativity because you are a very creative person and I think I can see that from just... Did you write a book? 
did quite yeah. a while back when I had all the energy of youth. In uh, my old age, I see the energy is dwindling, but I will write another book. I did write a book a while back. It's called uh, Something Good Can Work. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it could apply for everyone, children and adults alike. Anyone going through a hard time, you know, disillusioned by youth and life and all the demands yeah. it gives. Adulting. adulting. I know, adulting is hard, man. Adulting is hard. And I think yeah. that's what I was writing about when it got right? to it. So, yeah, it didn't really have a consequential end, but at the very least, it, it mm. helped people, put people in a better place, hopefully, yeah. than it found them. You just, you know, and, and I think, think even me starting this podcast, podcast I, think I think adulting is really the pit. Like, like you go through <laughs> it and you're like, I hope no one goes through this, or at least they go through it with a heads up, you know? So yeah, so I love that, but I've always been curious, what's the process of, like, actually creating a book, like, writing a book in Uganda, like... Well, now that one, it was a child born of frustration, so it was basically all of... My life's frustrations. Like most art. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All life's frustrations that boiled into the book that I tried to simplify and or make fun of. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what okay. the book is about. Guys, guys, we're definitely going to add it in the description. Just make sure you can grab a book, copy, and, you know, get into it. But I have some very interesting questions that I have lined up for you. Some are really deep. But let me, let's start. So how have you changed in the last five years and what realizations or approaches have helped? Well, I will say I'm not as optimistic as I was five years ago. Oh. But, but it's, it's not like the optimism is dead, but it's a, what I like to call a realistic optimism. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. get dream bits. I'm happy, but I'm like, uh, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I, I like to think I'm more patient than I was back then. Ah, oh, I, I was really impatient to grow up, get out, go there, go do things. I, and I can yeah, relate so hard. Yeah, and I was immediately humbled by life. Right? You're like, why was I so eager to grow up? All those naps I missed, and all like, I just wish I could I look go at back. Children with so much envy, I'm like. Can't I just, you know, rewind? Just, know. just to that. Every time I like go to the supermarket and see a kid with their dad and they know they like they have no worries. Now that is life. Now that is the life. That that's that's what I want. Yeah. So I think I can read it on so many levels. So what what approaches kinda help? How did you become more patient? Well, now I'm going to kind of go back and say, you remember when I said I was a quiet realist? Uh, yeah. Now, the realism is there that yes, your, your life will have problems, but the optimism didn't really die, it now just became more human. <laughs> I, I tried to find the humor in, in the terrible situations. So what? <laughs> you, are you unable to parent this month? There must be something funny in that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're broke. <laughs> Maybe not as broke as the other guy, but you're broke enough. You're broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's so funny that I was actually one of the questions that I had lined up. I wanted to ask what the role of humor has been in your life. And it's so funny that you've actually already kind of touched that. But what role do you think humor has played in your life? Well, I think humor is one of the reasons I'm still alive. If I did not have a sense of humor, I have a feeling I would, it would have been a very dark and terrible world without being able to laugh about it. It would have been all doom and gloom. 
Yeah, true. But, but I think that's life, I guess. You just have to, whatever situation you're going through, there's some bit of humor. And yeah, so yeah, I love, I love to see that. So, so tell, tell me about your ideal family situation, situation like, like when it comes to just you as Maria. Maria. Is, is it like, like a marriage situation, kids, pets, just you and your cartoons? <laughs> when, when did you grow up envisioning or what do you want to see for yourself now? You know, I, I won't lie, but ever since I've read slash watched Lord of the Rings, I identify so much with hobbits. In another life, I would live in Hobbiton in New Zealand. If someone would give me that offer, Peter Jackson, if you're listening, please. Just in case, please. Invitation, let me go there. I would live there like yeah. a hermit for the rest of my days. Easily. Okay, so you definitely say you're very isolated. And there's a, there's a quiet and a calm in isolation. The world can be so chaotic. And, right. And as an introvert, it feels so draining to be in a lot of company after a while. So it, it's, it's nice to have my, my thoughts and my books and my little joys. Like I said, I'm a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, speaking of isolating yourself, um, I wanted to ask about what kind of motivates your creativity and, and like, I also wanted, wanted to know if you've had, had any life events that have ex they've really influenced your creative style. Like, do you draw from your actual life events, or are you just? It's a it's a mix, depending on where the inspiration is coming from. I'd say it's maybe 60-40 split. Some of it is me, and some of it is you know other people's life experiences, or some random things you hear in a taxi, or yeah. <laughs> or see on the streets. It, it's actually quite entertaining to be, to be an observer. I can I imagine too much, <laughs> way too much. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you do anything special to get your creative juices flowing? Do you have a routine? What do you do before you create? Not much of a routine, uh, but I'll say that downtime has a, has a very big role in it. it. It's nice if I'm relaxed, you know, without other work pressures or familiar pressures or any pressures at all. So if I'm calm and happy, the ideas just appear. Let's say there are ley lines around the world, somehow I end up tapped into one of them and like, 20 or 50 drawings can come out. But wow. if not, yes, a dry spell is also there where you're like, ancestors, hear me. <laughs> yeah, the blocks, the, blocks, the bad blocks. Yeah. And how, how have you maneuvered the blocks when they do come? How the blocks when they, well, I'm, I'm a bit stubborn, so I, I persist. So I end up drawing 50, 100 things that don't work, but out of them maybe one work. So I, I persist until something happens, so really. Okay, and, and when you're creating, at what point do you feel like, okay, this is enough, this is good enough? Like, how do you kind of measure that? Because I feel like with creativity, we have no, it's like such... No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so how do you, is it like a feeling that you get and you're just like, I think this is good enough? Yes, and that's something I actually learned from another creator called Alex Mathers. Uh, he, he, he actually made a point of it in an article of his I read a while back. It was like, be content with good enough, because a piece of art or a drawing or an illustration or even a writing can be 80% there. It doesn't have to be 100%, because 
you listen to biographies about artists like Leonardo da Vinci and you're like, you know, they discovered this room and they were like a million unfinished works. Yeah. He considered the Mona Lisa an unfinished work. So I don't know to what it was. It was not good enough to be displayed. So yeah, sometimes you're good enough is someone's brilliant. So yeah, because again, art is so subjective. Like, you know, because for me, I'm like kind of like a perfectionist, and I want to keep pushing. And sometimes it's like I will edit and edit the episode until you know. So it's yeah, guys. It's a real pandemic. It's the it's the nature of the beast. But sometimes you have to be happy with good enough. Yeah. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that aside, who is your favorite cartoon character? character? I, I wonder. So many. <laughs> Just like, like the your favorite. But I will say. Um. Actually, actually when, when you were a child, child and now, now as, as you're you older, older, do you think they're different? No, I will not lie. Some of the childhood things and cartoons and things I read or looked at, I still find a lot of inspiration in them. So, uh, sadly, I was a Disney child, so Me too. <laughs> many of us were Disney yeah. children, and I would say it goes back to Robin Hood. It was the first cartoon I ever watched, and to this day, if I'm ever having a sad or down time, I'll just, you know, pop it in and sing along. It reached a point where I'm now lip-syncing the lyrics, although I have to say Moana, Moana came and blew me out. I don't know what sort of space that was, and I think it was the music, but still. Yeah, you gotta love the musical. Yeah, I love the musicals as well. I do, I do. So, as an adult, do you still go back to Moana and Robin Hood? Yes. There's no limit to childhood. I insist on enjoying the things that I enjoy. But yeah, I also think as children, like we are kind of very pure and true. And like, oh, like, like you actually really, really like, like what, what you like. True. And it's, you know, it's not before all the pressure comes in. Yeah. Before and someone tells yeah. you you're too old to play with toys. There was a joy that they brought you. So yeah. I don't yeah. like to go back to that space. It was a lovely yeah. space to be in. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking of childhood, tell me about your favorite childhood memory. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, those ones are quite... Many, actually. So what do your favorite childhood memories revolve around? What, what do you remember? What do they revolve around? Uh, I'll say, because I'm, I'm the youngest from, of, um, the second last youngest of a very large family, so I had older siblings. Privileges. Yes, siblings that most people would consider to be parents, actually. They, they, they were more like my secondary parents than they were my older siblings. But I will say one of my favorite memories involves uh, my uncle and dad taking us to watch Lion King at Fairway with my cousins. I think yeah. I watched it with my older brother, my younger sister, and I think three of my cousins. It was an awesome night. and. I, you know, it really stayed with me, so Lion King all the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when you were a child, you know, you talk about going to watch Lion King and all that. Were you already seeing yourself as a cartoonist? Did you already know that this is kind of what you wanted to do? Yes, actually, from, from childhood, I, I think 
it's something that most people expected me to grow out of, but I insisted I wanted to draw cut. Were you like always doodling in other lessons and yes. doing that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually have a, a lot of my exercise books and I'm sure some punishments were issued for drawing in books that was not meant to be drawing yeah. in, but yeah. I always wanted to draw and I always wanted to be a cartoonist. Disney, if you hear me, please hire me. <laughs> But Guys, yes. please, Disney, she's right here. Yeah. So, and speaking of that, who are your earliest influences uh, like when it comes to drawing and art and all that? Drawing and art. Um, I will say uh, the first time I looked at a book, it would be Bill Watterson's Calvin and Hobbes. Okay, I haven't heard of it, but it sounds Calvin interesting. Hobbes, it's, it's, a, it's, about a, it's about growing up, really, because it's, it's a boy that really never ages, but he's always going on adventures with his imaginary tiger. Okay, uh, he's not really imaginary, he's a stuffed animal that actually animates himself I loved those. So, yeah, it's, it's a sweet portrayal of childhood and, and all the purity and naivety it came with and at the same time he uses that platform to discuss big issues. You, you would be surprised at how political sometimes Calvin and Hobbes would get but awesome. Yeah. What kind of issues do you feel like you want your art to talk about or what kind of issues is your art talking about today? Do you address certain issues using your cartoons? Ah, now you know I'm one of those people who believes that The news is just, you know, bad news reporting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I won't know. Not bad as in it's terrible, but as in it's always one sad thing after another. So with all that sadness in the world, I tend to try to remove such issues from my comic. I try to make them banal, everyday things that can amuse you without yeah. the political bent. And actually that's why I didn't ascribe a color to my character. You can't really tell she's African, although yes, she does some African things, but I, I tried to make her as bland and everyday for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think I'd seen, there's one of them that caught my attention. And uh, because I feel like it was addressing something that many people here just want to sweep under, under the rug and we don't want to talk about. And so the prompt was uh, the cartoon said, would an African parent soon apologize when in the wrong or sweep the ocean? So that's, it really caught my attention. So what, what kind of mood were you in when you created this or what had something happened that tickled your fancy? Like, no, no it, was, it was actually... It, um, I saw it in a meme and then I thought about, you know, my own childhood and I realized, you know, most African parents are not in the business of apologizing if there is any I am right, I'm right. There, there's no, yeah, there's no apologizing. They will either tell you, okay, come, come and eat something or come, but saying the words, I'm sorry, no, it's an admittance of failure and I thought, why not? Because <laughs> you'd be shocked, but we're not the only culture that does that. So yeah. <laughs> most of my responses were coming from different places in the world. Like, oh, I thought it was us alone. Yes, we are yeah. many. You can imagine. But yeah, but I love that you're able to address actual, you know, serious issues. Because, you know, at the end of the day, someone would laugh, but you, then after you kind of think about it, you know? And you're like, so even if you're a parent, you're like, okay, I haven't been admitting when I'm in wrong with my child and all that. No. But, But tell, tell me about, about how you actually 
now started, went from visualizing yourself as a cartoonist to like actually doing it. How did you get started? Well, it started with an imaginary deadline in my head. I will say, because uh, I started it when I was 29, I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm halfway through my life and I haven't gotten to do the thing that I always wanted to do. Can I ask what you were doing before then? Oh, oh yeah, I was, I don't even know how to describe it. I was doing a series of odd jobs, you know, project manager here, somewhere else, I'm a secretary or but your passion you know, a personal was not assistant. There. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't have a zest for life. And I was like, when did I lose it? What did I want to do in the beginning? And I was like, you know what? I'm 29, I'm not getting any younger. I might as well do what I always wanted to do while I still have the time. And even yeah. if... I'm the only one who enjoys this. Ah, You'll be fulfilled. Be fulfilled. <laughs> I get you, I get you. But the courage, did, was that hard for you to leave something that might have been stable at the time to now venture into something, you know, with the creative industry, it's so unpredictable. Not really. The Ugandan job market, like you know it, is not the easiest to enter. Once yeah. you enter, you consider yourself one of the lucky few because who doesn't want stability? Who doesn't want to know that they'll have money at the end of the month? Yeah. So yes, I was, I would say categorically, mostly unemployed to self-employed. <laughs> it depended on if someone had an odd job for me here or there. But yeah. I was like, eh, since I'm not doing anything, I might as well do this thing. Yeah. So I, I really had no choice. <laughs> no matter, yeah. I was like, either do that or do nothing. Yeah. So do you remember the first creation that, where you noticed people were actually now noticing you? Uh, not really. I, I, I try, and this is me actually, really, really trying. I, I try not to let popularity or numbers define what I do. Because in the back of my mind, I think if I did, then either I would get an inflated sense of self or, or I would stop trying so hard. So I, I try, but I, I try because I enjoy it. So numbers really don't matter. It could be to one person where I'm sure to get a giggle from or 10,000 or somewhere in between. That's, as long as it brings me joy and a chuckle, hopefully it will do the same for someone else. And I think you've also answered another question because I wanted to ask you whether you pay attention to people's strong reactions to your work and if that affects what you create. So, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I haven't offended anyone with anything that I've drawn so far. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure if someone took offense, that might, you know, apologize and such. But yeah. seeing as I'm making fun of mostly my own life, if someone actually sees that it's a reflection of theirs, or in my opinion, it's more of a win because yeah. <laughs> I have someone else who's in it with me. <laughs> yeah, someone is on my boat too. Yes. Yeah. So, what's the most exciting thing you've done lately? Most exciting thing. Um, yeah, something that gave you a thrill. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, I, I would say it's like a build-up to something exciting. Um, I recently started work on my next book. Amazing. <laughs> my next book, and I've decided to tackle something along the lines of mental health. I, I believe it's it's something most Africans, especially here in Uganda, we don't seem to pay that much attention to, and I, I want to raise some voices. 
towards that direction. She shines a light so that people are, so that people don't know that they are alone in the dark. And I think that would be helpful to some people. Yeah. I can do all the silliness I want, but let me help people get out of the dark. Yeah. yeah, and that's exciting because I think that's why we, I started on tape really, because I struggled with depression and anxiety for like a very long time, and like. In, in Africa, Africa, you don't really get people talking about it. And for a long time, no one actually knows what's happening with you. Yeah, yeah, because I remember, I think I probably got my first, like, I would say, mental breakdown when I was maybe 10, 11. And I remember being, like, um, I think I was, like, in primary six, and I would get sick and I would go to the sick bed. And at that time, I was going through a lot of isolation. My whole family had left the country. I was beside by myself. So I was going through a lot, new school, so much, yeah, had changed. So I was sick and I couldn't go to class. But when I would go to the sick bed, they would, you know, do all the tests. They're like, but nothing is wrong with this girl. She, you know, just trying to dodge class. And people would make fun of me. I don't know, she's faking being sick because she died. So I think, when, when I, I looked back, back at it, I was like, the stigma is so much, but mm. even I didn't know what was going on yeah. with me. You think you're just you're having a bad right? day. Right? You're just like, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get up and get out of bed? You know? So yeah, so that's why I created this space, and like, just having you on is just like, yeah. I'm very flattered and very honored yeah. to be here. So speaking of mental health, what has your mental health roadmap been like? What, yeah, what challenges have you had to face, and what lessons have you picked up. Okay, because I'm a very visual thinker. The minute you said mental health roadmap, I, I just, just I just a pictured a lot of squiggly lines <laughs> on one place of turbulence. Ahead. Yes, lots of turbulence with maybe some bits and dashes that are relatively straight and down. So it, it, it varies from moment to moment, but I will say that I actively try to be aware of my thoughts. And I, I actually attribute that for my level of sanity at the moment. Because uh, if you're not aware of what you're thinking, that's when you end up in all those spirals of depression or anxiety. So when I catch those thoughts, I remind myself that they are just thoughts. They, they do not have power unless you give them power. So by shining a light on them, the ghosts, as it were, just fade. Yeah, you're just facing them. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Then, yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. I, I hope it helps somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you think you have any specific lessons you've learned, or just like with mental health? Mm, that one, uh, the one I just mentioned about actually yeah. having an awareness of where it is, what awareness you're thinking, is it is very key. Once you know what it is you're feeling and you can put a name to it, you're already halfway through. Yeah. So do you have? Uh, do you have like a routine? You journal, do you what 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 does it for you? Do you meditate? Yes. Uh, all the above. I journal, I meditate, although the, the meditating is hard, I won't lie. Get, getting into that space of sitting quietly and you know, sitting in your thoughts, especially when it's uncomfortable too. It can be very uncomfortable to sit in your thoughts and you're like, oh really, do I have to go back there again? But yeah, no, it's 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 necessary. It's like house cleaning. Can't avoid it. I hear you, I hear you. So have you ever doubted your talent? And if so, how did you walk through your doubt? 
I doubt my talent every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. So I, I won't lie. The imposter syndrome is real. It's heavy. It is real. It is real. It is a beast that I just sit with every day and look at and stare at. And like sometimes it shouts, other times it's a tiny little mouse in a corner. So it it changes. It changes from day to day. But yeah, I, I won't lie that I'm comfortable with where I am. What I see and what I draw, there's still a lot of disparities. There's still a gap, <laughs> but hopefully, with time, I will get there where my thoughts can actually be translated by my hand. Yeah, we wish you all the best with that. Yeah, and talking about challenges, what what do you think is the biggest challenge that you've experienced as a female creative from? A third world African country. Do you think there's any challenges that stand out? I won't lie. The racism is real. Yeah. <laughs> the racism is real, and uh, I will shine a light on it in this manner. Um, there's a, a cartoonist called Obi, I think, from India. Sorry, not India, Nigeria. Okay. Um, but, but he was raised, I think, in America. He has a comic strip of his own, very entertaining. Mm -hmm. I, I quite enjoy it. And when I see what he does, and I see what other Caucasian persuasion comics do, I'm like, why isn't this guy far ahead? I, I can understand it from my perspective. Me, me now, after him, I fall a little bit under the ladder, because at least he's yeah. there. But, but yeah, I'm like, for a guy who's talented and this funny, why? Like, I can't, it can't just be seen yeah, what he's doing. Indeed. I'm like, why isn't he much further along? Why isn't he being syndicated? Why aren't we seeing his comic books or his books out anywhere? I'm like, oh, yeah, the racism is real. It is alive. And something tells me if he had made the, char if he had made the character Caucasian rather than black, he would have gotten a lot further in his career. And yeah, yeah, so yeah I, I see it and I'm saddened by it, but uh, yeah. we, we won't let it dissuade me, and I'm sure it's not dissuading him. He's still yeah. drawing to now, so yeah. Okay, and do you feel like you have any specific challenges that are based on you being a woman, or do you think that has ever come in the way? Well, well actually, I, I think it's it has a power in it. I have a certain perspective that <laughs> most most men don't. In as much as they have their issues and they like to highlight them, no, as a, <laughs> I have an angle and a way of thinking that is quite my own, I like to think. So, no, I, I don't think being a woman has hampered me in this career. Because I usually did get into it for the success and what although oh, that would be nice yeah that, that <laughs> would be nice that would be a lovely byproduct of all these efforts but but me just having a creative outlet is, yeah. is payment enough most yeah. times okay and so talking about womanhood tell me about your earliest female influences you know in your life or even if they are creatives or it could be your parents or anything like what did womanhood look like for you growing up Womanhood. You know, someone I looked at and was like, yeah, that's a woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think I had any, I, not that I've been fully formed, but I, I will say 
and, and I, I will not name names. They know, know who they are, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the famous. They know who they, they are. They know who they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say I, I've looked at my sisters, my mother. You know, family, and you know, mm-hmm. people I've met along the way, very strong women, and I'm like, yeah, I want to be you when I grow up. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you look at them with admiration. And you're like, yes, no, that's a woman. Yes, <laughs> may I be yeah. like you? And even friends. You know, you look at your friends and you're like, eh, what have you done? So yes, you know who you are. You amazing individuals. You. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Okay. So do you think that your creative endeavors isolate you or connect you with other people? Well, it's my way of connecting because if I didn't do that all these ideas would be in my head. Yeah. Where I'm I'm enjoying them. them. (laughs) It's fun. Oh, it's fun. It is so so much fun up here. Yeah. (laughs) Conversations and whatnot are awesome. But it's nice to put them out in the world and see how other people react to them. So I think it's actually helped bring me to the world because I'm a very introverted individual. I would like to sit and read and yeah. Be in my, my own, own happy little world. I would be in such yeah. bliss with a nice little cup of tea and perpetual snacks. Yeah, I think this <laughs> is where I love art because, yeah, like, like, also most creators are also very introverted. Like, it becomes like a vessel yes. where we can sort of see all that stuff that's going on in their heads, you know? Yeah, yeah. so if you were, God forbid, mm. if you were no longer able to make cartoons or draw, how else would you express yourself? Wow. Mm-hmm. In, in another world, in another world, in another universe, who knows? With, who knows? with string theory, there may be another version of me doing this. Yeah. But odds are, I would have probably been an actress. Nice. <laughs> me too. An actress, but a la uh, Mr. Bean. I won't lie. I love Mr. Bean. <laughs> that one fully formed my, in my opinion, when I think of funny, Mr. Bean comes at the top of my list. Okay. So yeah, I would have been a comedian. Okay. So, so why, why do you think this Maria in this universe is not doing that? Oh, there are not enough hours in that day. And not enough yeah. hours in that day, and there's not enough time. Who knows? Maybe later in life I may just decide to pivot and start doing crazy things. Mm. I have done some voice work for some productions like a play and an animated series an animated no not a series an animated movie but and I have been on screen as an extra once or twice but to, to really put myself out there I won't lie it's actually kudos to the people that can yes it, it really puts you it makes you extremely vulnerable and then somehow the art gives me a layer of <laughs> anonymity <laughs> that yeah. acting does that not she, love? <laughs> she who is faceless indeed she who is faceless indeed but now if I were to move into that spectrum the other me in whichever universe must have confidence up the wazoo so speaking of voices what is your relationship with your voice do you feel seen and heard and how do you use your voice today my voices uh, let's see. Wow, that's a very deep question, and I know I've gone all philosophical about it. Um, do I feel seen and heard? Yes, through my artwork, I do feel seen and heard. The, the very few people that follow me and listen to me. Guys, run and follow her. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, 
But uh, in terms of voices, I'll say the arch is my conduit. Without it, I'd be some random woman you've met in the street somewhere. Yeah. Sometime. But yeah, now I feel like you 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 have like a platform where you get to use your voice and address. We love that. We love that. No, no, no. You've given me this opportunity. It's very rare, I think. Yeah. No, I'm the one who is like, thank you for giving me the opportunity because you're faceless. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what's, what's something, something that most people, people don't know about you? Mm. To, to know, know my comic, comic is actually, actually to know me. me. I, I really I try, try to share a lot of myself with the character, character that I show in my comics. comics. But, but um, something that, that no one knows. No, I hear it all out there. There's, 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 there's not, not much that I leave to the imagination. Yeah, yeah. You, you just pretty much put it out there. So, um, speaking of humor, and obviously you create things that bring humor and happiness and all that and joy, do you struggle with being taken seriously as a person? Uh, no. Considering most of you can't see my face, I've been told, <laughs> been told on more than one occasion that I have uh, RBF. <laughs> RBF, so... It's not, not a struggle, struggle to be seen. seen. It's, it's more like, like people, people try to avoid me because of the RBF. Ah. <laughs> okay. okay, so, so do you feel like you kind of separate yourself? Maria the cartoonist and Maria the person. I think uh, once you get to know me, you see that Maria the cartoon and Maria the person are more or less one and the same. But, yeah. <laughs> but I have to say the RBF is a very good armor. <laughs> Very good armor. Yeah. Okay. So, what, what is, is the strangest, strangest hobby you've ever had? Strangest hobby. Yeah. Wouldn't be really strange, but it's another creative outlet. Okay. I wouldn't characterize it as strange because I'm, I'm sure there are many that write poetry, but I went through a phase where I had to feel my feelings. And I, I thought that poetry was the medium for me. Oh, I felt so many of my feelings through that poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why poetry and pain are so together. Like, no. Poetry always, for because I, I do a lot of writing, but with poetry, it's always when I'm at my lowest. Yes. Oh, yeah. so many deep feelings. It was mostly teenage angst, I will say. I will not lie. It was mostly when I was a teen that I was writing poetry. But yeah, yeah. That, that was a phase. I find myself doing it a lot less now. Or if, it, if I do it now, it's, it's towards the lighter side of things. It's not as angsty as it used to be. Yeah, it was deep. I can relate. <laughs> so if you were our president, wow. what would your first order of business be? Because you're president today. I'm president today. Yeah, which Uganda, but we can dream about having a female president. All right. Um, oh, now we're going to get very serious. It's a, head, it's a hat I haven't worn in a while. Uh, if I were president, first thing, I'd address classism. Classism would be the major issue because the divide between rich and poor is so drastic. You see the richest of the rich in Uganda living in mansions and all that, and you see someone in the street who probably not have a meal today, hasn't slept anywhere, but you can 
functionally call a home or even a shelter. It's probably on a bus park somewhere. Who knows? But yeah. it, that divide is too big. So that is where I would I would address. I would start with all my policies from at all levels, really national, regional, to the community. That's where I'd be thinking of it. Yeah. Not eat the rich. I'm not. I'm not really in that camp. But I. I would, I would be, be more the, the great equalizer. Ah, uh, that, that's <laughs> nice. And I think we, we need something like that because speaking of things that had caught my attention this week, it was just like, first of all, I was already, you know, realizing how bad our roads were. Our roads have been bad. But then it was this incident where on top of a bad road, I almost got hit by this person in their Porsche nice car. <laughs> <laughs> on top of already being in a very bad oh, road, and the way they like the way they just kind of brushed it off and went about their business, it was like wow. I know it's like mind blown. Which planet are they living on? The rich are in their own world, and the poor in their own world. They seem to just not be, you know. I know. Yeah. So it's a yeah. sad world we live in. Yeah. yeah. So, so guys, guys vote, vote Maria for president. For president. <laughs> the great <laughs> equalizer. That's my platform. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of also obviously people that I need and that, um, as a creative, do you ever find yourself limited by resources or materials or whatever is available? Have you found that to be a limiting factor? No. And actually, when I removed that thinking from my head, I actually got more creative with it. Because when I started out, it started, like I said, this is a lifelong dream of mine to be a cartoonist. But um, I didn't know where to start. And I was like, what's stopping me from just drawing it? In fact, if you were to look at my early works, they were stick figures because I hadn't drawn in so long. Because I took art. I, I, I loved to draw, but I hadn't drawn in so long that I had to reteach myself how to draw, so I started with stick figures and what that I just drew and scanned and shared. But then, you know, I realized, oh, I actually know a lot of graphic design. What's stopping me from actually making these characters, fleshed out characters that look like something someone would interact with, not a strange fever dream of a shape. So, yeah. But I, I hear you and I love that because I feel like for a lot of creatives here we have like a very limiting mindset Yes. where it's like we look at the people who have maybe already you know made it or they're already doing so well and we want the four cameras on set, we want, the, we want it all and so sometimes it's like it's hard to picture it and then you keep not starting because... I know and, and that should not be a reason to start just because you don't have things. I, I, there are things I have now that I barely use because I got so used to drawing on my mouse, my mouse pad on my laptop. Yeah. And moving from that to, like, let's say, a touchpad or an iPad has been a, a new learning curve for me because I had made do with what I had. So yes, intervention is key. It is key. It is key. Don't let you know lack of. I don't know, all the latest technologies or what stop yeah. you. You should just start where you are with what you have. So long as you have ma your mind yeah. and you don't go mad, yeah, you're good. You're actually 50% of the way there. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So what is a non-negotiable in your daily routine? What's that one thing that you can't not do every day? What I can't not do? Yeah. Um, I have an idea book 
not, not only for the comic, comic but, but you know, know for life, life. <laughs> i love that and, and uh, every day i have to write down an idea it may be as it comes to me if i'm fortunate to have the book handy or i leave myself waste notes but whatever the idea may be however silly in whatever form i write it down and sometimes if the creativity is too much it has also affected my dreams in that i get up in the middle of the night and i have to write this down before i forget it <laughs> yes. yeah okay i love i love that um okay so so, so do you, you think, think that, that creativity, creativity is part, part of human nature, nature or, is or is it something that, that must be nurtured and learned? It's a so weird combination of both. All individuals are creative yeah. individuals at heart. Because if we want, we would not have made it this far in life as species. But it is, it's something that needs to be nurtured to a certain extent. Um, I, I would not like you know, people, people to believe that, that they can't do what it is they would like to do because they are hampered by, you know, life's many obstacles. It's life's job to get in your way. It's your job to convince life to move out of it. So, so yeah, in, in, in my opinion, you have to force the issue. And then I think I found this quote that I'm paraphrasing, uh, that um, fate loves a stubborn heart. So if it's something that you're passionate about, go after it. Be persistent. Be persistent. However many times you fail, it's okay. It's, it's, it's in the falling that you learn something new. Yeah. So has there ever been a time when you thought about quitting? Oh, yes. <laughs> almost, every, almost every other day, almost every other day, when I think of, oh, I haven't put out a comic in so long, or, oh, deadline is up, the new comic is expected on Wednesday. Do I really need to do it? You start making up all sorts of excuses. It's like Smigo and Gollum in my head. I, I keep trying to but I argue with myself until I'm like, no, you committed to this, do it. So really... Yes, Megal. Do Gollum. Yeah, the discipline is, is yeah, yeah, that you get, get is amazing. amazing. Yeah. So, so tell me about one, one thing that you really like about yourself. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Now you've taken me to therapy. What do I like about myself? I like my love for shiny things. <laughs> oh, okay. Shiny as in new? No, shiny as in... Shiny, shiny, literally shiny, shiny things. things. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a bit, bit like, like a bird that way, or more, or more like, like a crow, actually. actually. I think it's uh, crows that like shiny things. things. I won't I lie. lie. Could be, be a shiny, shiny rock, could be a shiny flower. It's almost oh, a shiny. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird, weird, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's what they like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I think before we kind of get ready to wrap it off, I wanted to ask you about this. How far back can you trace your family history? Well, when I was younger, my father would tell me all sorts of stories about my great-great-great-grandfather. Maybe I'd be half listening. I, I wish I'd listen more. But, you know, it, it, it's... I won't say that it's not there, because my father really tried to endeavor to tell us a lot about, you know, the greats, but... 
Yeah. I, I may not have paid as much attention then, but uh, I know my siblings did, so at least I have someone I can ask. I know, it's, 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 it's like we, we're not doing the homework until the morning before, and we just copy from our friends, but yes. Yeah, okay. So with that in mind, um, what do you hope your descendants know about you? How would you like to be remembered? I'd, I'd like, like to be remembered for bringing joy into the world. Mm, yeah, that, that's nice. Joy. Because it, it's something, I, I know it sounds almost naive, but it's, it's something most of us take for granted. Fine, you can attain the peace and wisdom that comes with old age, but if you haven't led a joyous life, then have you really lived? Have you? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Tell me about what you would call your most significant achievement. Really enough, it's this comic. It's only life. It's, it's only life came from a place when I, a time and place when I, I thought that, you know, really, is life really meant to be this difficult? Are things really meant to be that hard? Why is everyone having an easier time of it than I seem to be having it from? So. The, the comic, comic actually, actually took, took me out of a really, really dark and depressing time in my life. And it still does from time to time. I, I, I may sit down and say I don't want to do anything, but I realize that, you know, sometimes you're not only helping yourself, but it may help someone else out of whatever dark time they're having. So yeah, in my opinion, my comic is one of my biggest achievements. Okay, we love that, we love that. So speaking of its own life, how do you feel when, I mean, obviously it's doing great, but how do you feel when a creative idea doesn't work out? Has rejection ever affected your creative process? Oh, yes. I have had, you know, you... <laughs> I, I don't think people appreciate how long it takes to actually visualize and illustrate most of those things. So you can post it and it gets no likes. It's like there's no one at the other end. It, it can be quite disheartening, but then I realize, hey, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I should be my number one fan, so yes. I think self-love has a lot to do with it as well. It does, so even if no one else likes it, I do, and that should be, that's enough. Because yeah. you can't reject yourself too. No, the, you the whole world is rejecting you. True. And you just have to say yes to yourself. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So do you critique your do you critique your own work? Yes. <laughs> like I said, if you were to go back to how I started, I can look at it and. Uh, what's, what's the word the that the youths use? I look at it in cringe. Oh, yeah, I, I understand. I totally understand. And you're like, like how oh, did I think this was? How did I think this was good in any yeah. way, shape, or form? But afterwards, I'm like, it's okay. Younger me did a good enough job. It's okay. But then itself, it's a sign of growth because if you are looking back and you're satisfied with it, even after some time, I assume there's not been some sort of growth. So I love that you can look back at like lesser, still more meaningful versions of ourselves. True. And just, you know, be happy about it. Yeah. So, so before we wrap off, what, what would your parting shots be to someone that's trying to get into a creative space, someone that's maybe young or maybe they're, they're even older and they've tried out something else and it's not working and they're like, maybe I should actually really just follow my dreams. True. Um, 
my advice, if any, is go ahead. Nothing stopping you. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. If you want to write, write. It may be terrible at first. Just learn how to get better at it. And the thing is, most of these things you get better at with practice. There's, there's, not, there's no fully formed human being who can just do something and become an expert in a night. Yeah. Sure, I'm sure those the, the, the geniuses would disagree, but the rest of us mortal humans <laughs> need to work at things to, to get them to the level we hopefully, you know, expert level at the least. So yeah, go ahead and do it. There's nothing stopping you from writing a book or writing a poem or drawing or anything. If you have an idea, go with it. If, if you, you fail, fail, so be it. Yeah, I mean, you, won't you try. Die. Exactly. <laughs> Fa failure doesn't kill you. Contrary to what we have been told to believe, failure should not stop you from trying. Yeah, but that's um, that's really amazing. You're such a calm person, but then when you speak, you know, it's just so powerful. I hope so. Yeah. So where can our listeners find you? Where can they find your work? Well, you can find me on the TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the TikTok and uh, at Moise Maria. Uh, actually, no, that may not be at it, it is. It's only live comic strip. Mm. And, and I, I think, think that's, that's the same for it's Instagram where I'm at Moise Maria. Yeah. Facebook, it's only life. Well, yeah, please guys check out it's only life. life. We'll definitely <laughs> also attach a link to the comic strip so that you can check it out. Guys, sign up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sign up. But otherwise, it's been it's been amazing just having you and yeah, I'm happy that I. Got to, to meet, meet you and just sit down and talk about life. It's been a blast. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so guys, guys, if you haven't followed us, please remember that we are on tape the podcast on all your socials, Instagram, X, apparently. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So please guys follow us and just reach out if you have um, a dilemma or something that you'd want your advice on. You can just always DM us if you want to appear on an episode or share an experience. Just reach out and yeah, it's a safe space here. Indeed. Yeah. So guys, we are out. Uh, maybe we'll be back next week with someone else. Hopefully. But yeah, yeah. Bye, guys. Adios. Love and light. Indeed. Bye. Bye.